Hi, CityCast listeners. Hurricane season begins tomorrow, on June 1st. So, this week, we're doing several shows to get you up to speed. Today, our guest is Frank Billingsley, Chief Meteorologist for KPRC Channel 2. He tells us why scientists believe this year's hurricane season will bring more storms than usual to the Gulf. It's Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Hi, Frank. What are you expecting for hurricane season this year? You know, it looks like last year in terms of number, and that's what Mm -hmm. we talk about in terms of number. Number of Uh, hurricanes expected. Right. Uh, You know, it depends on who you ask. The easiest way to remember is 20 storms of those 20, 10 will become hurricanes. Of those 10, five will become major category three or higher. If you look at individual forecasts, some are 16 to 21, some are 19, some are 20, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different forecasts out there. And the Hurricane Center gives themselves quite a spread. It's Your government National dollars at work, yeah. you know? right. Um, so that's why I came up with the easiest way to remember 2010-5. Uh, that's just about exactly what we had last year. You know, we got to the mm-hmm. end of the alphabet last year, uh, and we only used 21 letters of the 26 letters of the alphabet. And um, yeah. in 2020, we went into the Greek alphabet. That right. Greek alphabet, by the way, has been abandoned, the reason being that too many of those names sounded alike. Eta, beta, theta, and they're not right. in the, and they're not in ABC order. So, <laughs> you know, so they're it, not ABCs, right? It's been very confusing. I think no one ever thought we'd use the Greek alphabet, but right. we did. And um, so now there is an alternative list of, of ABC names, um, which are online. And if we go into those, we'll go into those. And that that alternative list will be the alternative list for every single year. Oh, okay. As opposed to lists that change. We have six lists uh-huh. and they, they change. So every year you get the list you saw six years ago, you know, and you may <laughs> see and you may see some of the names have changed. You know, Ida right. was Ida was uh was replaced. Um and uh the I Storm, in fact, is the most replaced name, retired name that there is uh in history. But uh-huh. uh, you know, every now and then we retire we'll re- retire a name like Alicia. Right. Uh, so when a hurricane has been really major, then we retire the name. It's like retiring someone's storm. jersey, right? Or a tropical storm. Alicia was oh uh, yeah, That's... a hurricane, but uh, Allison was retired. Mm-hmm. I know. So it does happen. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an above average number of storms that we're expecting, right? Yes. Average is 14 storms, mm-hmm. seven of which would become hurricanes and three becoming major. But let me tell you about that three. Yeah. The old the old number was 2.6 rounded to a three. The new number is 3.4 rounded down to a three. So the old three and the new three are actually not the same three. <laughs> it's, a, okay. you know, it's really about one more major than normal. Right. So why this year are they predicting more storms? What is going on? There's three simple reasons, one of which is that the water is very warm. The water coming from the equator through the Caribbean into the Gulf is already very warm and able to support a storm. You only need 80 degree water, but you need it about 50 to 100 feet deep. Because I can't just be 80 degrees yeah. at the surface. It's like when you get in your swimming pool and uh-huh. your toes go, your toes go, oh, this is great. And you get in and you're like, no, it's cold, right? <laughs> 
Okay, so right. but you get in your pool in July and it's like warm all the way through, right? Yeah. And that's like, oh, this is great. So why is that? You can't just have warm water at the surface for a hurricane because a hurricane is going to churn the water up and bring the cold water up. So if it's going to oh. bring the you got to have warm water all the way down below so that it continues to have that fuel. And the warm water is in place across the Gulf and the Caribbean, and it is warmer than normal in the Atlantic. So warm water is the fuel. That's key mm-hmm. one. Yeah. The, uh, the trade winds, which would tear up storms, don't look to be as strong. That, those are the winds that come across from Africa uh-huh. all the way to the United States. Um, those don't look to be as strong, but that can change. Another big factor is that we have a La Nina as opposed to an El Nino. And El Nino is a Pacific warm water. So when you have warm water, you have warm air. Warm air rises, it creates um, showers and thunderstorms and wind. And that wind can cross Central America. And as a result, it can tear up storms that are developing in the Caribbean. So, so an El Nino actually helps us. Oh, it has okay. other problems. It has other problems. It causes a lot of flooding around the world, including here. But El Nino has actually helped tear apart storms. Well, we have a La Nina for the third year in a row, which means the Pacific water is cool. And because of that cool water, we won't have the benefit of that wind coming across Central America into the Caribbean at the upper levels to tear storms apart. Wow. Yeah. So those are the three reasons. Now, saying that, yeah, you get, we had 28 storms in 2005 and not one of them hit Texas. Right. Katrina didn't hit us. Rita scared us, but didn't hit us. Emily didn't hit us. Wilma didn't hit us. Dennis was a cat four. It didn't hit us. So we had all these cat five storms, um, four of them. We had 28 storms in all. Not one hit us. Last year, we were very active, as we've already talked about. Right. And we only had Nicholas, which was a minor 75 mile an hour storm. It knocked Matagorda in the chin, but Houston didn't even notice had an inch or two of rain. That was it. So just because you have a lot of storms doesn't mean you're going to have, you personally are going to have a bad season. Alicia in 1983 was one of four storms and we got it. (laughs) So, you know. Right. And we can predict the conditions that spawn hurricanes a lot earlier than we can predict where a hurricane is going to go. Correct. In fact, um, direction is pretty good about five to seven days out for a general place that it will go. I mean, we don't usually see a hurricane that is forecast to go toward the North central Gulf coast that then doesn't do that. Now, you might remember Sally came across Florida. I don't know if you remember this, but it was just a couple of years ago and was going right toward new Orleans. And then it made sort of a right hook and ended up going into Destin, uh, Florida. So, But that's still the north central Gulf Coast. I mean, so it was off by, you know, a good six hour drive, but (laughs) it still went in the general direction. But it was in the Gulf Coast, right. Yeah. So if if we see something coming toward Mexico or Texas coast, that, you know, western Gulf, we have to watch it carefully, even starting seven days out. And then each day we get better and better at narrowing that cone of uncertainty which my yeah. boss calls the cone of overtime, but that <laughs> cone of uncertainty um, is getting better and better. The hurricane center really has done a remarkable job with a very close calls um, on where a storm will end up going. It's the intensity <laughs> of the storm that still baffles us a bit. Ida became huge. 
fast. Uh, fast. Right? You might remember that was, Michael. That scared tour. me, yeah. yeah. Michael in Panama City a couple of years ago. Yeah. Even Hannah that hit Corpus Christi a couple of years ago was expected to be a, uh, just a tropical storm. I kept saying on air, don't, don't believe that. It could easily be a one. And it wasn't just a one. It was a one at the very top of what was almost a two. And they basically felt like they got a two because it really tore Corpus up badly. Yeah. Well, um, so, it, you know, it's all we try to make our message simple. So we have category one, category two, category three. But the, but it's not so simple when the difference between a 75 mile an hour hurricane and a 95 mile an hour hurricane can be easily six times more damage in terms of surge and tornado threats and wind and rainfall. It's still a category one. But a category one at the lower scale and a category one at the upper scale are two different beasts. And certainly that's true with every category you have. I mean, category two, 96 mile an hour winds versus category two of 110. Ike was 110. Well, also, I think a lot of people assume that if the category is low, that there won't be a lot of rain. Which is total baloney. That's exactly backward, right? Or likely to be, yeah. I have a rule of thumb. I have a rule of thumb that if you take the forward speed of the storm and divide that into 100, it'll tell you how many inches of rain you could get. So if a storm is moving 20 miles an hour, 100 divided by 20 is five inches of rain. If it's moving five miles an hour, 100 divided by five is 20 inches of rain. Harvey was moving two miles an hour. That's 50 inches of rain. Wow. That's what we saw. So the faster yeah. storm moves, the better. The slower, the worse as far as rainfall. Yeah. So how hard is it for you to convey this sort of stuff to a TV audience, to a broad audience, many people who've just gotten to the Gulf Coast for the first time? I use a lot of simple examples like surge. All right. If you wanted to create a surge in your bathtub, which means pushing more water toward the front of the tub, mm -hmm. you as an adult with a bigger arm can yeah. create more surge than a child. So size matters. The bigger the storm, the higher the surge. If you take your arm to the back of the tub, say like around the Florida Straits or North yeah. Virginia, and push it all the way to the front, as opposed to right at the front, you're going to create more surge. So distance matters. That's called fetch, distance over water. So a storm coming from the Florida Straits is going to create more surge than one that comes and forms right off the coast of Louisiana. So we talk about surge in simple terms. We talk about wind and the kind of damage that we see. And I think given all the tornadoes we've had, people can see wind damage pretty easily. Yeah. I often use a picture of a piece of plywood that split a palm tree in half from Hurricane Andrew. And a palm tree is a very thick, fibrous tree. Hard to get a nail in a palm tree. Yeah. That's why you don't have a lot of people saying, look at my new palm floors. They just say, <laughs> we don't have bamboo floors. We don't have palm floors. So, um, you know, making it simple in terms of that. And then my rule of thumb, I just told you. And that, you know, it was really hard to get on TV before Harvey struck. And I did. But it was hard to get on there and say, folks, we may have 50 inches of rain this weekend. In one weekend, 50 inches of rain. Because if you're wrong... If right. you're wrong, then you're going to be known as 50-inch Frank for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to be right when you go on TV and say something right. like that. What would you like people to be thinking about this hurricane season? What they're going to do if a big one comes, I, mm -hmm. I tell you, we can handle a lot of the small ones because we go through a lot of storms here in Southeast Texas. 
and we know to sort of hunker down, make sure that we have water and food and enough wine to get you through it. But <laughs> the key to the big ones, we, we're not that uh -huh. familiar with. You know, we had Harvey, which technically, certainly the surge was a category type three or four surge. Uh, but the winds topped out at 110, which was a category two. Harvey, had, that was a four with 130 mile an hour winds in Rockport, but not here. Right. We had the rain from Harvey. Uh, we had the surge from Ike. We had the winds with Alicia and the surge, but we have not had technically a category three or higher storm on the Southeast Texas coast. And by that, I mean, high Island to Matagorda. Yeah. We haven't had one since 1983. Wow. That's the math. I know. Do the math, do the yeah. math. So to say we are due for that kind of a strike is absolutely true. We're due for that statistically. So the worst thing is to say, you know what? They say that every year, not going to happen. The smartest thing is to say we're due for one. I need to be ready. Think about what my plan is, where I'm going to go if I'm told to evacuate. Mm -hmm. Do I got to take the dog? Do I have a dog family place to go? Um, do I have enough diapers for the kids? Do I have all the medications I need? If I have medications that need to be kept cold and my refrigerator loses power, do I need to say, you know what? I've got to go. I can't just stay because if I'm out of power for three weeks and my heart medication requires uh, refrigeration, I may be out of luck. So there may be all these other kind of ancillary things you have to think about. COVID gave us an excellent run at what we need in terms of supplies. I'm not worried about that. I, people know where to go to get water and toilet paper. I just wanted to think about if you were without power for a long time, would you be okay? And a lot of people have got generators, but most of us haven't. So what would you do in that case? And if you are told to leave, how are you going to get out? And where are you going to go? That's the main thing. Because other than that, most people aren't going to listen to me until there's something in the Gulf. <laughs> and then they're going to say, right. What do I do? What do I do? And then I'll tell them. I'll say, oh, you know, if there's something in the Gulf coming at us, we'll be on 24-7. We'll be telling you exactly what you need to do. So I, I would um, I would advise you to at least, you know, take a look at your own situation and make sure that you're prepared to to get out and where you go. Great. And what you're going to take with you. Oh, and yeah. don't forget your husband. <laughs> the dog I'd remember. Yeah, the dog I'd remember. <laughs> Where's my mother-in-law? I forgot her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right well thanks so much frank well this it's been fun. a pleasure it's been a pleasure stay safe we'll be there for you and thank you all for being here for us that was frank billingsley head meteorologist for kprc channel 2 kprc will air its flood survival guide at 7 p.m tomorrow both on tv and at click we will have a link to that in our show notes now, our producer, Farrell Gibbs, is back from vacation. Farrell, what is going on around Houston? Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be back. The Gulf Killifish, which can be found in the Houston Ship Channel, has done something pretty remarkable, according to a new article this weekend out by The Guardian. It has crossbred with a species called Atlantic Killifish, which is a creature that made news years ago when it was discovered that that fish thrived in highly polluted waters along the Atlantic coastline, such as New Jersey. The article says that because Houston's Gulf killifish live in a terribly busy port with waters that are highly polluted from all the ship traffic, that usually this sort of onslaught would be too much for a species to survive. But now with the crossbreeding with Atlantic killifish, the species has been able to get a beneficial mutation outside 
of the normal progression of evolution. So, the bigger question becomes how to bring all species along in an ever-changing, often harsh environment. And, once hybridized, does a species continue to be something that it's always been, or now is it something completely different? That's all for CityCast Houston today. Our hurricane week continues tomorrow. Space City Weather's Eric Berger will explain the stuff that every Houstonian ought to know about hurricanes. Questions like, what's the dirty side of the storm? And what kind of storms really scare even the calmest meteorologist? Tell your friends to listen. We'll talk with you tomorrow. Yeah, but I always make sure I have an escape plan if I, if I have a vacation. A different kind of escape plan, yeah. <laughs>